0: welcome to the concierge cpa i'm jackie meyer founder of the concierge accountant program and tax IQ software this is a podcast for accounting firm owners and influencers who are pursuing world-class service we discuss their path to excellence their daily habits and what influences them and their work. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around till the end of the show. We'll reveal how you can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go, y'all. Welcome to the Concierge CPA Podcast. I'm Jackie Meyer, and... I have a fun friend, Donnie Shimamoto. Here, uh, we originally met back in I w- well, I was pregnant at a QuickBooks Connect some leader summit or of some sort, and y'all thought I was crazy walking around super pregnant in twenty. That would have been twenty sixteen. Oh my gosh. That was so long ago.
1: That is.
0: <laughs> and I was just kind of following you and a bunch of other people around like a little puppy dog. Cause I didn't know why I was there. <laughs> um, but it was a really cool experience. And then we kind of ran into each other at, um, ensuring success with Gail Perry and CPA practice advisor stuff. And I try to just kind of, you know, say hi to Donnie, see what he's up to and pick his brain as much as I can. I know you've been featured as a, you know, top influencer in the industry for a while. Uh, so tell us a little bit more about you. I know you have the, the Center for accounting transformation now, you had a CPA firm that was all about technology and whatnot before. So kind of fill in those gaps for us first. Sure.
1: sure. Uh, I like to describe myself as a non-traditional CPA. So um, CPA by training, did audit in the background, but now, uh, and I actually still have my firm. So my firm, we operate as a CPA firm, but again, we're a non-traditional firm. We only do advisory services and our advisory services are focused around business transformation. So whether it's um, technology, which, as you mentioned, is part of our route, uh, we also look at changes to business processes and then the adoption of new business practices. So think of business practice like value building is a business practice that a firm might want to adopt, which I know you endorse as well. Mm-hmm. So those are the types of things that we help people look at. And... Um, through that, we also optimize the tech stack. So that's really what we're doing is like, tell me where you want to be three to five years from now. What are your kind of your plans and your strategy for your firm? Or we work a lot with direct with um, clients as well. And uh, we help create that transformation roadmap all along the way. Very and cool. A couple of years ago, um, I actually started this, the Center for Accounting Transformation, which is which is our way of doing an industry-focused Um, center, as it would, (laughs) center really being a conglomeration of other thought leaders, other instructors. Actually, as I think about that, we got to get you, we got to get you into our list there as well. (laughs) Um, What we're trying to do is to point people towards if you're trying to transform your firm, these are the people that you really should be listening to. And what we've done is we've as we've started to approach different people to collaborate with us on this is we're making sure that we're all on the same page in terms of what are the changes that have to occur and what may be different with each of each person is how that actually occurs. Right. Yeah. So, well, since we brought up value pricing, some sure. people may be Ron and fans of Ron and Ed's method. Uh, some people are like, they're crazy. So <laughs> right. like Ron and Ed's, we're actually working with um, Michelle Golden, okay. uh, right? Or Michelle, sorry, River now, Michelle River. So, you know, we've got these different areas, but in the end, we all know that it should be some form of value pricing or now the subscription pricing that people should go through. So that's what we're doing with the center. We've got webinars, we've got resources. And our big thing is that we're actually doing research. So True Research, where we've already published one research out on hybrid work and cybersecurity risks. And then we've done a, we're in the middle right now of doing one on diversity, equity and inclusion on the profession.
0: Oh, very cool. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. I mean, I have a little bit of research background. Uh, I'm on my last year of my doctorate in leadership. And Mm -hmm. so I have to get a little geeky with, with all that stuff in the writing. But um, yeah, gosh, there's a lot to unpack here. So first of all, um, tell me kind of what a typical engagement looks like at your actual CPA firm, because you gave me a lot of these buzzwords, but I'm trying to envision what you really do on a day-to-day basis.
1: Sure. So uh, like I mentioned, it starts off with, usually it's tell me where you want to be three to five years from now. And so that would be, um, you know, is your firm 10 people now? You want to go to 20? Is it one? And I want to stay one. I'm really happy. So it's
0: very strategic advice. Like, okay, yeah.
1: cool. But we also get very tactical. Okay. So we look at all the parts. Are you doing bookkeeping? Are you doing tax? Are you doing audit? What's your practice management look like? We'll look at all the apps within there. Make some broad recommendations around, well, you know, you might want to think about standardizing here. You might want to use these additional apps because they kind of complement what you're doing. Um, We also look at the how you're overall managing. So workflow, for example, during the pandemic has been one of the biggest things we've been asked to consult on. And then now kind of the trend is around practice management metrics. What should I be looking at? How do I get the data to understand what my practice looks like? Um, Oh,
0: that's exciting. So, okay. Tell me some statistics. Like, I mean, what, how do you measure a healthy firm there? What are some, a couple of things to look at?
1: How do we measure a healthy firm? That's a, that's a really good question. Uh, (laughs) I, I think it's actually more important now than it ever was Yeah, because if you asked before, the answer probably would have been oh you're making good profit and here's the profit per employee and you can look at all these map surveys right that that measure it and say this is what it is but i think what we're seeing especially because of the pandemic is a real transition in how people are looking at what is an actual good firm uh, and actually this this was this is why we look at it from a transformation lens because we're not just looking at it from a pure financial, are you profitable, but what are you doing to take care of your people? Mm-hmm. How, how are you using flex time? How, are you enabling hybrid work? Um, are, you, are you allowing ro- remote work, right? What is What are kind of all of those policies? Unlimited PTO. So this is where you see the changes in business practices are really starting to come in. We might also look at it from a customer strategy perspective right? So do you actually have a niche that you're serving? Or are you just taking everybody? Uh-huh. Um, all of us now seem to be needing for people. And so if you're just taking, uh, you know, how do you start to attract people into your firm? How do they, what makes them want to join your firm? Um, how are you training them or developing them? So uh, I know you did a bunch of PhD work in, are you doing, or wait, was it completed? Did I, did I no, remember?
0: I, my goal is to complete it, well, it was by the time I turned 40. I turned 40 this September. So I'm going to say by the time I am 40, I'm going to have okay. it done.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So I'm, I'm not quite as ambitious as you with the PhD, but I did graduate work in organizational development. So very oh, nice. in alignment with the leadership. And so that's why we bring a lot of those concepts in around, for example, changing of HR practices. Are you doing one-on-ones? Are you Um, doing pulse checks? How are you leveraging development opportunities? Are you actually, even in a small firm, you should be doing performance evaluations so that there's constant feedback as well as kind of growth plans and and planning. These are all the things that the, um, a lot of the articles and research is saying that you need to do to help recruit and retain people, right? And then we'll also, uh, of course, look at the, the tech stack and everything that's going on there. And then the last area that we kind of balance, like all of this is kind of innovation to me. It's all these changes, mm-hmm. and then we balance that out with cybersecurity. So we're really looking. Or actually, I shouldn't say just cybersecurity with overall risk. So recruiting okay. retention risk, that type of thing, financial risk. But then cybersecurity is the big one that always comes in because whether you're trying to let people work remote, you know, whether you're actually delivering services, doing tax returns, you need to protect all that information. So we have a whole other set of services related to cybersecurity risk assessment. And is your IT person doing everything that they're supposed to be doing to protect your firm? Do you have an IT security policy that's in alignment with both the IRS requirements, which is publication 4557, and also FTC just updated their safeguards rule, and it applies to anybody doing tax returns. So that has now nine requirements that have to be met. And luckily, they actually extended the compliance deadline to uh, May because we already knew that most tax preparers weren't weren't ready for that.
0: Yeah, let's dive into that more. So I know you gave me the heads up about this, and we talked a little bit on email. Um, I had posted on social about this new, you call it the Soho package.
1: The Soho package, yes.
0: So give us a breakdown, like for someone that has no technology sense whatsoever like why is this important and how how can y'all help
1: sure so at, at first why is it important exactly what i just mentioned the irs has its expectations of tax practitioners and what they're doing to protect taxpayer information and so if if you want to go and read about it it's in publication 4557 it's very long it's a bit of a mess to go through um But it's actually, I I will say, as as someone that actually used to be an IT auditor, it's very well done. It explains exactly what it is. Um, But it's still a little bit geekish, right, kind of IT-ish. So you've got that. The other reason really for this is that the FTC red flags rule, which when you look at it, it says it's for financial institutions. But when you go and read through it, and this is all coming about as part of Dodd-Frank, so all of the um, right, Sarbanes-Oxley type of compliance came in. Um, it's it specifically states tax return preparers because you're handling all the PII or the social security numbers and everything and banking information of your clients if you know if you're putting that on the returns, right? So it's it's actually f- um, forcing now, it used to not. it used to be optional. Now it's mandatory requirements by the FTC to have eight different things, uh, eight or nine different things in place as part of an information security program to ensure you're protecting taxpayer data. So that's kind of the big why, like you need to look at these things, you can go and read through them if you want, um, but bottom line is you need to comply and you could be subject to potentially fines or penalties if you actually don't.
0: Okay, yeah, that's good to know. And so y'all have kind of put together a package to help small firms in particular, or any size, is it more small firms that, that really need this kind of assistance?
1: It really is. And that's why we call it the Soho package. So SOHO stands for a small office home office. And home office kind of being remote workers there. So we've actually scaled it up before to work with others. And um, and it's really, I'm gonna do this analogy, which is probably not a good analogy, but it's easy to relate to. It's sort of a Chinese menu approach because we have different things and it depends upon what you. I'm going to actually say not want. It depends on what you need <laughs> to finish meeting the rec- the compliance requirements. So you might have some things already in place. Maybe your IT person is very proactive. They're doing certain things. Um, what we do is help figure out, okay, what are you missing? And how much what, what options do you have to kind of fill in those gaps? And that's really why, you know, we've gotten questions like, well, why isn't there published pricing? It's like, there's actually a lot of stuff, just like a Chinese menu. There's like a lot of stuff. Um, And we, unless we actually have the time to sit with you and actually understand, okay, what do you actually have in place? We can't tell you what you might actually need. And even then it's still up to you to decide, do you wanna be more proactive? Do you wanna just be kind of average or are you willing to take the risk? And that's kind of the conversation that we have around, okay, here's some of your options. Cause you could go with a, for example, a regular antivirus, which is going to be, we're okay. Or you could go to the next gen antivirus, which is going to cost more, but it's going to give you way better protection.
0: Okay, gotcha. Um, all right. So people have till May to handle this. Um i mean how long of an engagement is this to come in analyze your current processes and then help revamp everything
1: well i could i would clarify so if we're talking about the cybersecurity, we're not revamping processes all we're doing is looking at um what policies do you have in place? A lot of firms don't even have Okay, policies.
0: gotcha, gotcha. That's so actually- if you're starting with nothing, it's okay because you've got the templates and you can kind exactly. of run okay. Exactly,
1: Yeah, okay. and, and actually you raised a good point because that's exactly what we did was looking at the requirements. We went and created a template that will work for these smaller or all remote firms. So okay. we know that and we've matched it to the right technology sets so that you can just pair. pair and as long as you use the two together, you should be in compliance.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so kind of taking a step back, I'm curious, like, how did you kind of become the thought leader around all this stuff? You know, like, when were you like, what was kind of the first thing that you got recognized for? And how did that all come about?
1: You know, it's, it kind of goes back. It's kind of, it's funny when I, when I think back to it. So I mentioned, so I've had my own firm for over 20 years now and first started out, we were really working with small businesses. And um, so kind of the way I think of it is direct to client, right? Not, And we didn't really work with firms. And about, I want to say about 10 years in maybe, so about actually about 12, 13 years ago, um, I started getting asked to speak at these other like AICPA events and things and firms would be there. And then I started getting asked, I think at I think actually the next thing that occurred was CPA practice advisor recognized me as a thought leader in public accounting. And I told them, you know, we don't do anything in public accounting. Like I speak at the conferences, but I we don't actually have public accounting clients. But the they kind of help reflect helped me reflect and say, well, but what I'm doing is I'm bringing in a lot of the way that private industry is thinking and bringing that into the accounting industry where you know most firms are actually behind what's really going on in private industry. And so it's kind of that mix. And over that course, we slowly started picking up our first firm or second firm, and we work currently with small firms. So the majority of our firms are probably uh, twenty to sixty-ish type of people. Um, you know, small in the grand scheme of things, maybe I should say, because sure. I know some people think like, oh, that's kind of big, or that's kind of medium size Yeah,
0: I guess we should define what a small firm looks like, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. Um, so for for us, it's usually a firm. So that it's usually a firm that has perhaps an IT out has outsourced IT, but they need someone that understands our industry, our space, and the services, and compare that with whatever the IT company is doing. So we tend to work more at the apps level, and then we're looking at what services are you delivering? How are you doing these services? How are you pricing these services? And what we'll do is we'll refer out, um, we'll come up with the transformation roadmap, and then we'll refer out to say, hey, you want to be a concierge CPA? You need to talk to Jackie or, or so-and-so or so-and-so. And usually we'll have them talk to two or three people and come back with, and work with us to say, okay, so which one resonated with you the most? Which would makes sense? They go, oh, I love Jackie's concierge program. I'm going to sign up for that. Okay, great. And after they're done with that, we normally will follow up again to say, okay, what did you learn? What do you want to implement? Let's look at all the projects you've got in your roadmap. Which of these projects needs to take priority based upon what you've learned there? And we kind of just help coach them all along.
0: That is super cool. And you mentioned, you know, you started getting asked to speak at conferences. It seems like you're always at conferences these days. Like, what is your travel schedule like? What is happening?
1: (laughs) I I gotta say it's much better than pre-pandemic because not very many people were doing virtual events. Okay, yeah. (laughs) It's about, uh, I would say it's about well, pre-pandemic, my schedule would have been probably half to two-thirds of the time on the road. Wow. Um, I've always kept kind of a mainland home. So I'm I'm from Hawaii, mm-hmm. born and raised in Hawaii, still consider myself there. Um, but I now have a home in Vegas that I uh, utilize quite a bit. Used to be in Houston, used to be in San Francisco. Uh, so I've always kind of had a hub that I, that I work through. So now maybe a week, week and a half every month. Though, not too bad
0: yeah that's not well comparably yeah I mean kind of depends yeah <laughs> I had a goal of like traveling every month last year which I did and it was super exciting but after the fact or by the time December had hit I was like okay well I've done now and I don't necessarily need to do that. Again. <laughs> but I am trying to currently figure out what are the best, like biggest hitter conferences to go to. So I'm curious what, what, which are your favorite ones?
1: Ooh, that's a tough one.
0: Yeah. No one ever gives me good answers, but I need to know.
1: So, okay. Knowing that most of the people that are listening are probably in tax. (laughs) I'm going to say for me, and I'm a little bit biased because I used to be on the planning committee for a really long time. AICP okay. is always one of my go-tos. Engage? Because, yeah, I get okay. to see the whole gamut of kind of what's happening. The vendor floor is amazing. Get to see a lot of people that we know and you see regularly. Um, so that that's one. Um, the other tax con- conference that I, I like a lot is actually Minnesota's tax conference.
0: Oh, like the state well,
1: society? State society, okay. yeah. They've got about over a thousand people that come to that one. Good mix of different presenters. I used to present fairly regularly there. I've had some schedule conflicts recently with them, um, but fun people. And I know most people go Minnesota, and I should mention it's also in November. So if you are oh. like, in November.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a little rough,
1: <laughs> but, but it's uh, a
0: good vibe, huh?
1: It's a good vibe. There's a good set of vendors there as well. If you're trying to look, you know, and it's, it's, so it's after extensions and if you're trying to get a whole bunch of up to speed on a whole bunch of stuff or look for ideas for, to implement before busy season, that's a good place to go as well. Okay.
0: I know. Yeah. You've been telling me several times that I should get more involved mm-hmm. in the state societies. And I, just this morning, I was looking kind of at the the Texas society mm-hmm. and then the Dallas chapter It'd be nice to kind of do some events locally and not have to travel very much, mm-hmm. but I've heard really good things about some of the societies like in the Northeast and, um, that they really kind of have their stuff together. So yeah, I'll have to check that out. Um, yeah. any other conferences that come to mind that you're like, I've, I have to make sure I go to this.
1: Ooh. Those are probably my two biggest ones. Since you mentioned the Northeast um, Massachusetts State Society has a um, practice management conference that also, I think, is really well done. Seen some good speakers coming through that one. That's actually a collaboration of a bunch of the Northeast um, State Society. So that has a good mix. Okay. Yeah, those are the those are the ones that kind of come to mind. And I tend to I tend to work more with those because We, I do try to work more with smaller firms and by small, I do mean kind of 20 and under. Mm -hmm. Um, I I feel like those firms really, they don't have, you know, very many people advocating for them. You're one of the few, which is why I'm glad that we were able to connect and, and continue to look at things because that's a really undisturbed, I think, segment of our industry.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, It also can kind of backfire on you because (laughs) I've got firms that are like, oh, I I don't think I'm going to do tax planning anymore. I'm going to get out of the industry completely. (laughs) Like, it's a lot of ebb and flowing of like where people want to be, what niche they might be going into. But there's also so much fun opportunity with it if, if they can find their value proposition and really like transform. So um, okay, so to kind of wrap back around to the Soho package, how do people contact you, or what website would they go to if they wanted to check
1: that out? I would say go to the center's website. So it's ImproveTheWorld.net. Okay. And we purposely chose that because we believe that accountants are the key to improving the world. Because as accountants, we can influence decision-making, whether it's at the corporate level or small businesses, or for most tax people, it's going to be family level. You can influence them to make the right to make the better decisions around what they're doing, right? You can help them have financial security. You can help them make their dreams come through. So we see accountants as really the keys to success in everything that's happening and when you look at the small business world, which is what the bulk of us probably are working with, it's that really is the key. If we can try that because the small business world makes up so much of the actual business that's occurring that we can really improve the world if we all kind of band together and really look at things. And uh, one of those things that. is making sure we're protecting privacy of people. So we've got our cybersecurity stuff up there.
0: Sure. Wow. I love that. That's really inspirational, Donnie. Yeah. Um... I know I was, I was doing a, I did my first keynote a few months ago for the New York uh, Society of CPAs, and I was talking about innovation. And so I was researching all the, oh my gosh, how many people are retiring out of the profession, how we don't have enough people coming in and um, some of the concerns there. And I'm trying to remember where I'm going with this (laughs) <laughs> really? It'll come back to me in a minute. You know, it's uh it's February. I'm like off season. But um it was something about research that aligned with that. Oh, the backbone of accounts being the backbone of society. Oh. oh my gosh. Yeah, like so I started writing about it and it didn't even end up in my speech, but I probably need to do an article about it. But it sounded a lot like what you were just describing, like. How important we are to the backbone of society and making sure that society, small businesses are running appropriately and ethically. And mm-hmm. it just really was like uplifting when you have a bad day as an accountant. You're like, OK, I, I am making a difference. This is cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, sure. I,
1: I have a, um, I have an article. Maybe we can put it in the show notes or something that uh, I, I think accounting services need to be redefined. And I think we actually provide three main services. The first of those is peace of mind. Mm-hmm. And so when you look at what we're doing, like if you're doing tax, part of it is I'm not going to get audited. Or if someone receives a notice, it's like, what? They're trying to get collect this or that from me, right? That you're like, don't worry. I'm going to take care of this notice. I'll just need to write a letter, you know, whatever it is. Like you're giving the client that peace of mind that they're not going to lose their house or home or Mm -hmm. be subject to an audit. Or even if they are subject to an audit, you're going to get them through it. So, peace of mind, I think, is super important. The second one is vision and clarity. And so, the way I described it was tell me where you want to be three to five years from now. But even in the tax side, that's tell me what you want to do. You want to own a home, you want to get your kids through college, you want to have three kids, five kids, right? All of that requires some financial planning out all up ahead. And so figuring all that out so that you can help make their dreams come through, you know, that really is that vision, like where do you want to be and that clarity on how am I going to get you there? You're going to have to start saving. You're going to have to set up a Roth. You're going to have to do whatever other tax planning you want to tell them to do, uh-huh. right? So vision and clarity. And both of these, I think in the end, lead towards the third, which is that hope, and a lot of times when i say that people go accountants provide hope <laughs> like oh my hope.
0: gosh that is like my favorite <laughs> word hope okay so go on let's hear it <laughs> yeah,
1: it's it's because i feel like that if you think about it from the client's perspective that's what you're giving them it's that hope i will be able to own my own home i will be able to get my kids to call it i will be able to retire comfortably right it's that hope that keeps people going Rather than getting like, oh, I'm stuck. and We're in a recession. I just lost my job, right? You help them figure out all this stuff. And that gives them hope in the end. And you look at all the movies and everything, right? Hope is the reason why we as a human race persevere despite oppression from machines and matrix and, you know, (laughs) pick whatever movie you want. Like that's how we get new stuff. So if we as accountants can inspire that hope in people, then we're doing our job and we're creating that better world that we're the back. That's why we're the backbone of the world. We keep all this moving forward.
0: Yeah. So that reminds me, I just finally saw everything, everywhere, everything, (laughs) everywhere, all at once. And I was like, this is the best movie in the world because it was like all this craziness. But then it came down to the very basic thing of like hope and that there's going to be highs and lows in life. And that's just how life works. But you've always got to like, keep your hope alive. And it was just I just loved it. My husband was like, I don't get this at all. <laughs> did you see it?
1: I did. And now you're making me think, I must have really just missed that. Because I was like, this is so ridiculous. Now I'm gonna have to rewatch it through that lens of hope. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, well, okay. What? What's what inspiring? Did you get anything out of it? Like at the end?
1: I I kind of my whole thing on it was was really I don't know it's just yeah yeah, I don't know (laughs) I feel like I did (laughs) not
0: I mean I know I can't like I I'm having trouble sleeping at night with the long finger thing that was really (laughs) weird um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, I thought there was a lot of hope. I thought it was, went back to kind of basics of relationships. All right. Well, a little bit on. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that you're like, you're like with my husband on it. Like, he's like, I don't get this. Like there wasn't that much to it. You're overthinking it. <laughs> um, so kind of switching gears with a similar topic to hope. Um, you were telling me about this kind of personal resilience, mm. Um, theme or program that you've been working on? Tell, yeah. tell the audience about that.
1: Well, I'll, I'll tell you the genesis of it, which is that we've heard that the, oh, actually, and I should say research data actually is showing that especially tax practitioners had, of course, the worst, what is it, three years now um, and the never-ending busy season. Everyone's kind of burnt out. And it was... Um, so I'll say we, we were starting to put the concepts together for personal resilience. What does that mean? How do we get through? And part of this came from um, a discussion that I was having with a psychologist. Uh, and I we were talking about the whole concept of of um, so this comes from positive psychology, which I know you're familiar with, and it's this concept of um, oh sucks I'm not remembering the name now. Is it resiliencers or <laughs> uh,
0: um, I don't know resiliencers? Let's see. That, does,
1: that doesn't sound right. Um, but basically, often you hear about detractors, and this is this is the opposite. This is the cool. stuff okay. that actually makes you resilient. And he said that as he was, I was helping him do some research around our profession because Uh I wanted his input around like, we're having this burnout issue. How should we be approaching this right from a, from a psychology standpoint? And he was like, well, you know, if you look at positive psychology, we're looking for these things. So I had him actually interview a bunch of of accountants that I knew that had gone through some pretty strong stuff. I actually, I'm trying to think if Randy was one of the ones that he talked to as well. Um, But
0: Randy Crabtree, who's a mutual friend of both of ours and he has, he runs TriMerit Mm -hmm. and he has been through a lot in his life um, through a stroke, you know, pretty much full recovery from as far as the rest of the world can tell. So yeah, he's got quite the story and he has a really great podcast as well. But yeah, it, go ahead. Sorry.
1: he does. No, no. Yeah, no, that's that's the perfect setup because I had talked to Randy about you know what was going on. And um, so I had the psychologist who's a Ph.D. type psychologist. So he actually does research and we were working with him on creating kind of a counseling framework to help therapists and counselors actually understand this is what an accountant does. There's nuances to the way that we work, for example, busy season that other industries don't have. So we have these peaks, especially tax has these peaks that occur from February through Aprilish, but then you've got this the downslope. So you do, even though you might go kind of crazy during busy season, you've got some breathing room in summer. You've got maybe a little bit of a slope again in in um, extensions, but then you've got a break again. So there's there is some balance there, and you just have to understand how that works. So we actually ha- I actually had him talk to. Um, Several people, uh, a bunch of them that actually made it through and are still in accounting roles, had him talk to a couple that didn't make it through and are in different roles now. And the biggest thing he found was that it it actually ties back kind of to this hope and this whole like all of us that are making it through the busy seasons, it's because we can see there's this greater good that we're serving to the public as a whole or to the families and to the small businesses and things that we're impacting So he kind of identified that and we started saying, well, so what we actually need to do is to increase people's personal resilience. We need to keep them focused on this is the good that you're doing. This is the impact that you're having on your clients. Use that as well as other things to really get through busy season. And so we were actually weren't going to launch this for another year, but we started seeing all the feedback post extensions and everyone was burnt out and everyone is you know, is, is feeling tired. And so several of the other thought leaders told me you got to launch this year. Uh, you know, you, you, cannot wait until next year. I'm like, we're not ready. We're not ready. They're like, no, you got to <laughs> launch. Okay. So we kind of rushed and we put something together. So Randy is actually our opening speaker for a, we did a webinar. Uh, Randy was our opening speaker. He shared his story, you know, comes at it from a partner level. Cause he was the managing partner, which like, I like that. Cause we're seeing a lot of pressure on partners. Um, Level people because because they're losing staff or staff is turning they're having to fill in the gap right so he shared a lot of what he went through. Um, The next woman, I so feel so bad I can't remember her name. Uh, Courtney Courtney Durand actually shared with us uh, one of the methods that she uses, uh, and she's a tax practitioner, if I remember correctly, either tax or bookkeeping. And she shared with us uh, the concept of, you know, kind of taking care of your rocks and your bigger things and prioritizing your day. And it's basically managing your energy. And that's part of the way Randy actually manages his time now. And then we had Amber Setter, uh, who is really coming more from the coaching angle because we were looking at things and saying, well, how do you figure out, you know, what it is? What is this connection? And if you're not at the point where you're in distress or trauma, you can work with a coach. So Ambercon explained this is what coaches do, just like we have a CPA or EA, coaches have their own certification, so you want to work with a coach for that kind of stuff. And they'll help you really create For yourself, perhaps that vision and clarity on where you want to be and where you want to end up and how do you then adjust your practice to actually match what you're trying to do there. And then the last person was Sam Samuel Kim who's the psychologist I mentioned that I was working with and we were talking there about well if you're at this point where you're really fearing despair or depression or, you're, you know, you're it's it's causing you to lose sleep and you feel like you actually need to talk to a professional, then you can talk to a psychologist or a therapist and they will actually help. And he lined out really nicely, like, this is what you should expect. This is the way it works. And part of what we're trying to do with this, too, is destigmatize the whole concept of getting therapy because... Sure you know, it's, it's not that you're crazy, <laughs> it's, you need help and you need X, ex, uh, external perspective. And if you're at that point of crisis, right. Or if you're truly at that point of burnout, you truly, you need someone that's actually trained in the psychology.
0: Right. Wow. That. Yeah. Okay. That's really neat. So, um, and s- so sorely needed for our industry. Um, I know it's funny because I've been through my own kind of mental and general health journey and I don't talk about it a ton publicly but I've started to more because I I don't know if you heard but I actually yeah, oh I think I emailed you I had sold my firm mm-hmm. last year and for some reason as I was holding on to that firm I was holding on to the idea that like I can't show any weakness or else clients won't respect me or colleagues won't respect me or something like that. And so I was thinking, well, why am I suddenly so open with, you know, after I had my first child in 2013, I had some really serious like fibromyalgia chronic fatigue issues and I kept it to myself. Um, like my husband was the only person that knew about it. I thought I was going crazy. I had horrible brain fog. Um, and then just finally, now that the firm I've let go of the firm, I I guess I don't care as much what accountants think of me because I'm still working with accountants, but I'm okay sharing. I hear these messages. Like, you know, we've all been through things and our work can be very traumatic, just like other events in life. And um, we need to be around to support one another and like lift each other up and continue to give that hope because um, I, I felt really alone in that journey And I just kind of had to just keep working my way out of it, working my way out of it. And I was fortunate to find a business coach that helped me, you know, counselors along the way that helped me realize like, it's okay. You know, this is just a new adjustment for my life. I've lost half my brain power, but that's okay. I can still go on. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah. And then I actually spoke about workaholism Mm -hmm. um, at Countex Canada in December, And I kind of shared my whole story and it was, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so vulnerable, but I had a woman come up to me afterwards and she was crying and she was like, "I, I have been feeling exactly the way that you described. And I didn't feel like I had anyone to talk to and you have given me so much hope. And that just like made my year like the fact that like one person could identify with me and that they probably like saw a better path from it. And so what you're bringing the table through this is just, you can't even describe what you're probably doing for people. So kudos to you.
1: Thank you, thank you. And the, I, actually, from what you just said, I'm gonna, my marketing team is gonna kill me for saying this now, but <laughs> we're what we're actually setting up is a personal resilience community and online community Where people can be vulnerable together and support each other through this, because we were looking, we said there's not really anywhere about that, right? Even, even, even in accounting influencers, which I love being in there and just kind of watching what's happening. What you see is more complaining. You see, (laughs) um, like my client.
0: to home. getting stuff off your chest, right?
1: right, exactly. <laughs> right. Venting. That's, that, I should say, that, venting. So you see the venting, you see the request for tips and assistance, which I think is great as well. Mm-hmm. But you don't see anybody getting vulnerable.
0: Yeah. Right?
1: That, that's what I meant to say. The difference is, right? It's, okay. You don't see that vulnerability versus in the community, we're purposely inviting people in to say, I'm having a hard time with this. Has anyone dealt with this at a personal level? Because exactly that wow. is. We, As accountants, we all feel like we have to be the strong one. We have to put that face forward. The client cannot see that we're weak, especially if we're at the partner level. Our, um, our employees or our staff cannot see that we're weak, right? And it's like, oh my gosh, why do we have to be so strong all the time? So if we can create a safe space that people like us can come and say, I'm having a really hard time with this. What has anyone else done to get through this? And you can see the tips and tricks and we can all help each other. I think that is is gonna do such a world of good. And so I know they're working on setting it up. It's not ready okay. yet. Yeah, um, but if anyone's interested, just like shoot me a LinkedIn. Oh message.
0: me, I'm interested. Please oh, I'd let love me know to have you
1: just to help. Yeah, I I'd consider you one of the experts because we're getting like Randy and all the others in there. We're getting oh,
0: that is so cool in there so
1: that everyone can kind of jump in. I say, would
0: be honored to be a part of that. And um, you know, it's funny because growing up, I actually wanted to be a psychologist, and then I I knew a psychologist a little too well as a teenager. Uh, through family and they were crazy. So I was like, well, I don't want to be crazy. I'm not going (laughs) to become a psychologist, but here I am like full circle. Like that's what I enjoyed most is working with accountants, with the coaching and like getting them in a better position mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. And some people don't really get it, but I guess that's good. If they don't get it, they're not struggling with it and that's okay. But for the rest of us that do have those struggles, we definitely need these kind of communities. So I'm super pumped about that. Um, And thank you for sharing.
1: I'm going to get okay. you right in there in the preview, then they're looking, they're looking for we're, we're in, they're right now trying to get, identify all the coaches and everything will get in there. So love we'll
0: it. Love it. I can't wait. Okay. So as we kind of wrap up with our time today, um, I always have to ask like, what is one book or podcast or TEDx talk that everyone, as soon as they're done listening to this episode needs to like drop everything and go read or listen to that you love.
1: Ooh, that's a hard one. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with kind of my all-time favorite, which is still um, good to great.
0: Ah, yeah, that's so a good one.
1: I, I think that that one still, to me, that level of concept of the level five leader, that's the type of leader that we as accountants are. It's not that brash person, you know, Elon Musk-ish type of out there person, <laughs> right. Donald Trump-ish, right? <laughs> Whatever it is. Like it's not that type, it's that more quieter um, lead from the side, perhaps, but knows that we've got this synergy that we can create. Mm -hmm. And actually, I'm going to throw in a second one just because that just made me think of my other one is, is um, the power of introverts.
0: Oh, okay.
1: It it really explains, I think us as accountants really well, how and why we don't have to be like everybody else. Uh, to still be successful and to drive um, success.
0: That's very cool. And do you remember the author for The Power of Introverts?
1: Ooh, I do not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're having to do a lot of research here, Dottie. So Power (laughs) of Introverts. uh,
1: I'm trying to
0: remember if I've read that one. Oh, no, I haven't. So this, yeah, this looks a little bit different from the one I was thinking, but I had read one several years ago that I thought was really interesting is it Susan Kane cuz she yes. also did a TEDx. Yes. Yes. Okay, I saw yeah. her TEDx which was amazing. So I'm going to have to go back and look at that book. Um do you have any kind of uh like book that you want to publish or any kind of big major goal in life that you're working towards other than all these am- amazing things you're already doing obviously?
1: Uh Let's see. Well, there's actually a couple of books that I'm working on. So one, I had a feeling maybe you were working
0: on a book. I
1: don't know. One's going to tie back to the cyber. I'm writing a book on cybersecurity for tax practitioners.
0: Cool. That one's
1: really to help bridge that gap and help tax practitioners understand all this jargon and what you really need to, what does the, what are the IRS and FTC really asking you to do and how do you, um, you know, so that you can actually kind of think and understand. And if, if you're working with some other consultant or IT person, they don't just overwhelm you with jargon. And we do the same thing to other people. Like when you start throwing out 1039 well, kind of stuff, and all that stuff, I it's like, I don't know what that section number means and whatever. Yeah. Right. But so that and I'm working on that book um is the, the more, more recent one. There's some other ones, but yeah, I better not talk about them.
0: (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Well, TBD, I'll have you back on the podcast. We can talk about it when the timing is right. You've already given too much of your marketing information already, so it's all good. Um, okay. One last question. I wish I could just talk to you all day. Like I just, I just adore everything about you, but, um, Thank Is there you. a particular person in our industry or maybe outside of the industry that you're that you adore, that you're like, wow, like I just identify with everything they're saying, you know, go see them if they speak, that kind of thing.
1: So the one of the other books that I'm reading now, and I and I didn't mention it when you asked me about the book earlier, because I don't think it's as readily um. It's not going to make sense to directly to someone in, in in accounting, okay. um, and it's called intellectual anarchy, oh. and it's actually written by one of my clients. He's a he's a CEO of Oceanit, and what he. What he basically describes. So what they do is they do applied science and engineering, and they basically try to solve the problems that can't be solved. So they do all this like top secret and government work and all this kind of stuff. And the way that they approach it is they have someone that is not from the discipline that that they're trying to solve um, go and solve a problem, try and figure out how to solve a problem, and they work with a whole bunch of other disciplines. Uh and it's by working on what he calls kind of the edge of, or the periphery of disciplines or the edge, it's really the bleeding edge of kind of science is really science and engineering is where they're working. And I, I really like his stuff because being someone involved in innovation and transformation, I kept looking, listen, I kept reading his things. And I went, you know, we do that in accounting. It's just not in that physical science way. You know, we're here working, especially those of us like you, me and the others that are really leading, like this is the way we have to go. We're really working on that and we're pulling different things together. Like value pricing is really intersection with marketing and pricing, right? The things you're doing in leadership is really bridging into psychology. And so we're bringing all of these interdisciplinary things together to drive a solution for a client because helping someone with their tax plan isn't just that it's -hmm. getting into their head and understanding life goals and dreams. And you got to do goal setting. You got to understand kind of the psyche. Are they risk takers? Are they not risk takers? Right. There's like all this that comes together and that's how you, we pull the solution together. So I've been reading his book and the examples as he gives, and I go, we can do that as accountants. We can do that as accountants. And so.
0: Okay. um, I'm going to have to add have to. that to my list. That sounds really, really interesting. Very cool. Okay, awesome. Well, we're going to wrap up for today. Give everybody the best website again. The, is it the Center for Accounting Transformation to learn more about all the things we talked about?
1: I would go to yep, go to the Center for Accounting Transformation. It's www.improvetheworld.net. Perfect. And if you want to get in touch with me, it's just Donnie Shimamoto. Uh, I'm the, I think I'm the only one on there on LinkedIn. So. <laughs> To come and connect.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you again, Donnie. Really appreciate your time today.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been fun.
0: Of course. Thank you for listening to the Concierge CPA hosted by Tax Plan IQ. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. If you are a successful accounting firm owner or influencer who would like to be on this program, please visit Jackie MeyerCPA.com, J-A-C-K-I-E-M-E-Y-E-R-CPA.com to apply. Please share this on social media and rate us so we can continue our good work. Join our Facebook group called Accounting Firm Influencers or connect with me on most platforms under Jackie Meyer CPA. Thanks for being accountable to transforming our industry today.